The Media Files for October 30th, 2020 is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. For me, it's 8.04 p.m. on October 29th, 2020. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. And I am your host, Kyle, with me once again, back in my chair. I feel like every time we do this, it's been so long since the last time we did it. Yeah, Wait, just, why is it spooky? It it's almost Halloween. I guess so. I th- we probably should have. It's Lindsay, everybody. Yeah. We should have. Uh, I was <laughs> really trying to. Th- Lindsay, okay. I was trying to think of like a really good Halloween episode to do for this, but I don't think that there was like any another other than Hubie's Halloween. Which I wasn't going to we do a Hubie's Halloween. In. I just didn't want to watch it. Yeah. And not that I don't. I love Adam Sandler. I think that Adam Sandler's a heck of a guy. What was that movie? Uncut Gems. Yes. Wait, that was a that was really good. A great film that I'll oh, probably I, I never watch the, again. Um, the murder mystery one with Jennifer. With Jennifer it's called Murder Mystery, I think. It was good. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. I didn't watch that. I know you didn't. He just, I don't know. His work is not always great, especially recently. <laughs> so we skipped it. But Uncut Gems, we could have done Hubie Halloween. Oh well. Nobody would have listened <laughs> because nobody watched that. I don't know that. I don't know anybody that watched that I movie. Heard I don't think from anybody. No. But I do know. That we've got a lot of people that have watched what we are talking about today. First of all, yes. well, we were going to talk about Borat, but I couldn't get you to watch Borat with no, me. No, thank you. And I had some I'm friends sorry. that watched Borat. Um, I know that I think Dan watched Borat. Brian watched Borat. I could have had them on the show, but that didn't come to pass. Mm-hmm. So I, I and I and I wanted to do this one because, uh, I mean, we have small children. Yes. And this is something that has been like, it's almost been on like repeat in our house for the Mm. past week. Yes. Right? Yeah. Almost a week now. Almost been on repeat because our kids have loved it so much. But I'm excited to talk about it because I do have some definite thoughts and opinions on it. We are talking about Over the Moon. Over the Moon is a new computer animated musical family film that debuted on Netflix on October 23rd, 2020. A young girl named Fei Fei decides she will build a rocket ship to go to the moon to meet a legendary moon goddess, Changa, in order to stop her father from marrying a new woman with an annoying son four years following her own mother's death. On her adventure, she gets wrapped up into a beautiful culture of space creatures and must prove her fealty to earn Changa's favor. Over the Moon was directed by Glenn Keane and has a star-studded voice cast, including Philippa Sue, Ken Jeong, John Cho, Ruthie Ann Miles, Margaret Cho, Sandra Oh, and Kathy Ang, with music by Stephen Price. Lindsay, before we go any further, we always say we are going to kind of talk about the plots and themes and some things that do happen in Over the Moon. If you haven't seen it and you want to go in entirely spoiler-free, maybe don't listen yet, but we're not going to give away any of the major, you know, revelations or or reveals that happen in the film. Lindsay, how do you feel about Over the Moon? Uh, I liked it. I, you know, what? We, we watched the first um, preview 
And we were like, oh, this looks really good. And then they the came first out, preview, the yeah, first trailer, the very, it was really short trailer. And then the second trailer came out and it made it look like a song or singing contest. And like we a were singing, like, right. yeah, no, we're going to pass. And so I watched it without you because right. the, the kids wanted to watch it. And it was not what I expected. It was really good. It was much better than I expected. OK, so I think that it falls kind of right in the middle of my expectations. And you're right. I think that the trailers really did mislead me here. Yes. The first trailer makes it seem like this journey of this little girl who's going to well, little girl, she's 14, I think, in the movie. But this this girl who's going to go on this journey to the moon, she's going to build a rocket ship. The second trailer made it seem almost like a song and dance competition. I mean, yeah, much more cheesy. But it but it played up the musical aspect of it. And that's something that I'm not sure I was, I was not. Expecting. I, yeah, I was not anticipating anticipating that happening, but it met somewhere in the middle in the actual film. I wanted something more like the first trailer and less like the second trailer. And, and that's what I got, I think, was was kind of right in the middle. But overall, I really liked the movie, too. I, I've watched it twice now and have kind of pulled different things from it each time. I think that the, the movie is uneven. There's there's a lot of good at the beginning of the movie, the parts that lead yeah, up that to very emotional. Yes, very emotional did definitely pull some tears from me, which is not hard to do. Yeah. If there's <laughs> if there's anything family oriented in a movie, I'm waterworks immediately. Anything with kids and parents, I'm I'm dead. But the first act of the film, kind of her learning that her mother's going to pass away. Mm -hmm. And then four years later, uh, Baba, her father, is going to meet a new woman and she starts There's coming around show and not tell which, which is really nice which i love yes. you know i you know how i love that yeah. and the songs that are in the first part of the movie i just love They're and the, and the visuals are very good and then it and then it kind of switches yes after about 30 40 minutes it into the movie gets it gets silly it gets kind well yes kind of silly but very cosmic and yes. there's good and bad in that it's uneven and it feels kind of strange in a lot of parts it doesn't make it bad it's just like i said it felt it's like a two, kid movie it felt like two different movies yes to that degree like you said it's a kid movie our children love it adore this movie Absolutely adore it. And for good reason. It's really, really easy to watch and really fun to look at. We just got a new TV in our house. It's super colorful. Really nice, really colorful. And this is a movie that shines on this TV in more ways than one. It is I mean, the colors are just gorgeous. The space culture that they get locked up in, the graphics and the animation of this movie, I think are star. This is where the movie really shines. And if you want to watch a movie that, I mean, really shows off a good TV, I think that Best Buy should be showing this movie on the new TVs, on you know, hanging on the wall to sell TVs. <laughs> that would be a really good seller, yeah. Because it's it's so beautiful Very and colorful. so vibrant to watch. And so for, for those reasons, I actually really did like a lot of those scenes. But like you said, there are some sillier parts that... Didn't didn't quite land as well with me. I understand it's a kid movie. Not everything can land with me. It's, but it's, I was entertained because I knew it was, I mean, I'm not super critical of kids movies. Yeah. And I try not to be either. I try to look at them through those, you know, through those nostalgic glasses and through those appropriately aged glasses. But overall, I did enjoy it. Like we said, this movie is a musical. And that's not something that I was entirely expecting going into it. But... I'm happy that it was. The music is all composed and arranged by Stephen Price, who's done some work 
with he worked on the scores of Lord of the Rings and he he worked on the score for Gravity, which he won an Oscar for a few years ago. But this is kind of a, a different departure from what he's done Very previously. Pop. Yeah. And OK, well, yes. So there are some pop sensibilities in the soundtrack of this film, which they show in the trailer, that second trailer that kind of turned me off from the film, mm-hmm. but actually end up kind of working good. What's your favorite song in the movie? I really like the song that Philippa So, that's how you Sue. say Sue. Sue yeah. sang, which is the, the most colorful part of the whole film. And it's right when and they get what? to the moon? Uh, yes. Or to her kingdom, as it were. Yes. And you know what? I didn't know who was singing it, but after you told me who it was, I could totally hear her voice. Okay, and that song is called Ultra Luminary. What about this song did you love so much? It's catchy. It's just a little bop. It's a fun song. It is. And it's like you said, it's really poppy. Yes. This was actually, I think, one of my least favorite songs in the movie. You know what? I will say that it doesn't show her personality, really. It like gives her this outer... Very very diva style. Very diva style, which isn't who she actually is, which is, I don't know. It doesn't help the storyline a ton, but but it's a fun song. Okay, now the pop kind of theme of the song, too, well, I think was one of the reasons that I didn't enjoy that song as much. (laughs) Just because, well, number one, I have a problem with animated characters singing. Unless they're original songs... I don't like it. You know that I hate movies like Smurfs or Alvin and the Chipmunks where the movies where they're like singing like like pop songs and rap songs. I hate it. Oh, (laughs) it's the worst thing in the whole world. And our kids love those movies and it drives me insane. Angry Birds. Right. It happens constantly. Oh, they ruin songs. Oh, it's the worst. But this song to me felt like a Lady Gaga song. I could see that. That was being sung by Philippa Sue. And I okay. feel like in, in to introduce this character that Philippa Sue is playing, they could have really had a better song that showed off her strengths more. Yes. And this they one made her seem like a totally different person. Yeah, this one so this one didn't feel like a Philippa Sue song to me. And so if you're gonna have Philippa Sue, this the, and if you don't know who Philippa Sue is, she was Eliza in Hamilton unbelievable singer she's absolutely brilliant this i just think there could have been a better song for her it's not a bad song it's just not one of my favorites it's not my least favorite in the movie i'll say that it it tells her story a little bit i i do remember i do remember that now where she's like my rabbit made this potion and this is why we have this colorful world and like kind of explains that part no it it definitely does i forgot about that yeah it tells tells some of the story there my favorite song from the movie is actually the one right before that. It's the reprise of the third song. The third song in the movie is called Rocket to the Moon. And it's kind of the title track to this mm-hmm. entire film. And that one's sung by the girl who plays Fei-Fei. Her name is Kathy Ng. And you know she... who she reminds me of? Her face and her like expressions remind me of Knives from... Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Oh my gosh. Wait, she looks... Acts just like Fei-Fei? Knives. Yes. 
Um, okay, I haven't watched it with that in mind. I'm going to have to return to that. You're going to have to look. Because yeah. I do love Scott Pilgrim, and I know exactly who Knives is, but... I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch that next time. Next time our kids turn it on, I'm yes, gonna look at it through, the, it through the uh, eyes of, of of Scott Pilgrim. But so she sings a reprise to "Rocket to the Moon." It's the fourth song in the film, and it is beautiful. Magnetic levitation, frictional cessation. That's the key. F is force, of course, and G is always gravity. Duration, gyro, navigation, that could be. The thrusters are starting, I'll be departing soon. She starts going through the science of what she's going to do and how she's going to build this rocket ship and how she's going to get to the moon. And she just connects it. She just has it. an epiphany. And this is kind of the end of act one in the movie. And it's just a really, really cool song. And I think that Kathy Eng, who I don't know previous to this, I don't know that she's done much she prior to Over the Moon. Uh-uh. I think this is she kind of a, like one other film, yeah. maybe two. I think this is a kind of a new thing for her. She really she knocks it out of the job. park. Super kills it. And I was just very, very impressed with her. I also have to say that Ken Jung, who who plays this little pig animal that she gets involved with later in the dog. later in the film. Pig? Is it a pig? It's a dog. I don't think it's a dog. It's a dog. Anyways, whatever Ken Jung is, he sings this song. It's called Wonderful. And it's just a really great it's song. It's a sweet song. It's just, really sweet. I feel like it didn't really belong. Another song that just didn't really belong. It's a sweet song. Yeah, but it's got like really sweet instrumentation and it's a really sweet message. It's cute. And I think that Ken Jong, who I didn't know could sing prior to this, really kills it on this song. He doesn't hit every note exactly the way I would want him to. You know, I, I mean, there are stronger singers. I think that Kathy Ng and Philippa Sue steal the it show in, in singing. Though. Yes. But he he does a great job. Ken Jong really knocks it out of the park. Good music. And I, I think it should be said too that that this movie feels Disney. The yes. director is Glenn Keane. And Glenn Keane, if you don't know who he is, he is an animator of Disney fame. He's a Disney legend. He worked on movies like Aladdin, Tarzan, Beauty and the Beast, Tangled. And most recently in 2017, when Kobe Bryant retired from basketball, he animated a short film for Kobe Bryant called Love Basketball or uh, Dear Basketball, right? And won an Oscar for it, the Oscar, the Oscar for uh, Best Animated Short Film. And it was, it was really good, you know, because there's a lot of DreamWorks kid movies that just thrive on potty humor. And yes. this film is a really good kids movie that doesn't do that. So I, I will say that in that sense, it felt like a Disney movie yes, to me. In that there's, sense, that, there's a that lot the, of that level of humor. Yes, that was, there's a lot of Disney sensibility in this movie. Obviously, with Glenn Keane as the director, and I think that him being an animator by trade, that is the shining star of this movie: is the animation and the graphics. The music comes in a close second. The wonderful Stephen Price did that, but like you said, it feels it feels almost like a Disney light. Like there are parts of the movie and even even the entire plot of the story of this girl who loses a family member and her mother. Right. And she wants to protect the family that she has now. And so she is going to go to the moon in order to stop her father from marrying somebody new. And she meets a moon goddess. Right. This is all steeped in this deep Chinese tradition. 
that Disney loves to pull from. Disney loves reaching into different cultures and and pulling on their traditions and their folklore and their legends in order to make animated films out of them. And it works really, really well for this film. Not as well as Disney does. That's why I call it Disney light. Like Mm -hmm. I said, it's just too uneven to be a Disney film. It felt like it could have spent a little more time in the oven, you know, kind of writing out the script a little bit or ironing out some wrinkles. I have one complaint in this whole little world of like these little creatures that she's created with her tears or whatever. All these creatures, all these little, let's call them water balloons because that's what they look like. They have names. And I can't think about that. Anyways, there's like water balloons and there's mooncakes. But anyway, Gobi, there's there's this random character or creature, uh, this the bike chicks, the biker chicks. Yeah, I don't understand. Everyone else is a water balloon. Why are these three biker chicks? That makes no sense. I mean, it's weird. I guess I don't know. They're the only other random creature besides the dog. But everyone else. I don't is a think water he's balloon. a dog. I still don't think he's a dog. He's but a dog with like scales. It's weird. I don't know. He has scales. I think it's like a legendary creature. I don't think it's a. I don't know what it is. Anyways, <laughs> I think he says what he is in the movie, but I missed it. And at any rate, at any rate, I don't know. Maybe that's like part of Chinese folklore too that we're not privy to or like savvy yeah, about. But everyone is a water balloon. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, maybe there's like like it's like a fates, like a Greek god, like fates thing. Maybe they These represent biker something chicks. Like, are okay, they- obviously they are not biker <laughs> chicks like in the folklore, but they're at adapting it. I, know, I don't know. I don't know either. But I I do know this is a, like an ancient goddess is a, that actually exists. yeah Changa yeah. yeah, and so I mean for that reason it does feel very. That's Disney. my only complaint. Yeah, it feels very Disney, but there's, like I said, Disney light. The one thing I do want to say is that for an animated film for Netflix, and this being a Netflix original, they really knocked it out of the park. This is, I mean, not going to theaters, right? And maybe it would have had, you know, the pandemic not been the way that it is in 2020, not been a dumpster fire. But Netflix has a lot of good kid shows that I really A lot of good kid shows, yes, but kids' movies? I can't think of any at the top of my head. The Little Prince. Did they do that? Yeah, that's a. I want to say they bought that. I don't think they. I don't think, I don't they, think they funded that. it. No, it's a. It's a Netflix original, but I think Is they it? bought it. Uh-oh. At any rate, that's a good movie. Yeah, we liked Little Prince, and I think that this one's better than Little Prince. I just think it's a great film, and if if this is kind of a sign of what's to come from Netflix, then. That's a really, I mean, this is a really good start for them yeah. to build this kind of pantheon of of children's animated films. And I'm excited about that. I also have to say. That'd be really great. If they had more like this, I'd be totally happy. Oh, yeah, definitely. I also have to say that that I think that this probably, depending on how the Oscars look this year, has a good shot of at least being nominated for Best Animated Film. Or music. It was all original music. I think that some of the music could be. Yeah. Like I said, I think that Rocket to the Moon is a phenomenal song. Ultra Luminary could definitely get Philippa Sue a nomination there and Stephen Price a nomination. But the not a lot else has come out just in terms of animated films. You've got Onward and Soul comes out later in the year. Ooh, I don't know. That'll if, be good. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to meet the cutoff for the Oscars or not, depending on when it comes out. Mm. At any rate. Not a lot, you know, and so so this is going to be a big move for Netflix to get into the animated movie space. This is a really good move by them. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they can do in the future. We're towards the end of the episode. You know what I'm going to ask? What is your arbitrary rating of Over the Moon? I would rate it three quarters of a delicious moon cake. 
Those mooncakes do look delicious. They do look good. And I don't know that I've ever had a mooncake before. They don't have them in Japan? No. And, and for those that don't know, I lived in Japan for a few years. And so I that, I think that's one of the reasons I do like this movie so much is I have such a love and appreciation for, for East Asian culture. East Asian culture. This isn't Japan. It's it's Chinese based. But yes. even still, East Asian culture, I, I have such an affection for that. And I don't know that I've ever had a moon cake. I think that looked kind they're of like pretty looking. Oh, they're very pretty. Yeah. It looked kind of like mochi cakes that we would get in Japan. I wonder if they're similar. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know, but they look good. I want one. I do, too. <laughs> yeah. I think I would rate Over the Moon as a waxing gibbous, which is actually three quarters of a moon. And I chose waxing over waning because even though they're both. There. Yeah. Even both. Even though they're both three quarters, waxing means that it's getting to full. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the direction Netflix is moving. Agreed. It's just it's a good film. If you have a family, you've got children that are into these animated flicks. Give this one a watch. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, you don't even have to pay anything extra. And it's, it's fun. And it's good music. I've been listening to the music all day. I just, I like the music. I like the movie. I'll probably watch it again. I know our kids are going to watch it again. For sure. Yeah. But that's all the time we've got. And we want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you, Lindsay, once again. You're welcome. For being have here this week. Have a great week. And happy Halloween, everybody. Ooh. Tell a friend, tell a co-worker, help us grow, and special thanks to Brian for technical assistance. Don't forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com. I'm on Twitter or Instagram at Brewstoff, that's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H, or at the Level Down Games Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to, and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later.